Howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Hey, it's Scott Lips, and welcome back to yet another episode of Spin Magazine's Lip Service. I'm joined today by the editorial director of Spin Magazine, my friend, Mr. Daniel Cohen. How are you, my brother? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I think you're going to really enjoy this show. We're joined today by the brothers in Palais Royale, Sebastian, Remington, Emerson. They have a lot to say, as usual. Yeah, they have a lot to say. There's some scoops in there, some uh, tributes to some of their favorites, and uh, a little bit of news in there at the end, too. The new record, Fever Dream, just came out. They just finished the tour, a great show at the Palladium. I'm excited to bring this to you live in just a moment. The Brothers in Palais Royale with my friend, Mr. Daniel Cohen. Let's rock. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Our show today is brought to you by the fine folks at Thursday's Boot Company. You guys have seen me rocking these boots in every other picture I have on Instagram. I'm always repping them. Thursday's Boots is a bootstrap startup that makes the best handcrafted boots and sells them direct to consumer at some of the lowest markups in the footwear industry. Thursday's Boots tagline is highest quality, honest prices because they use some of the best materials like full grain leather, supple glove leather lining, and gold standard Goodyear welt construction. Thursday's Boot Company sells their boots at prices starting at just $149 with free shipping and returns. They've been featured in all the best fashion press, from Esquire to GQ to Cosmo and Vogue. More importantly, they've gotten over 20,000 five-star reviews from real customers. Thursday's boots are perfect for people who understand quality and don't want to pay a high retail markup for a great-looking pair of boots that are built to last. So check them out at Thursday's Boots on Instagram. My favorite shoes, my favorite boots. You always see me repping them. You'll love it. You're listening to Lips LA with Scott Lips. Here we are, the boys in Palo Royale. How are you guys? Hello, hello. Wonderful. Good. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming in so early, by the way. I got nervous. I was saying when I saw you last night, Sebastian, at like 1130. You're not really morning people. No, 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 no. we're not. But I got but, up early today. I'm fucking stoked. To be clear, it's not 8 o'clock in the morning for those of you listening <laughs> at home. Right. Or 6 o'clock in the morning. It's a little bit later in the day. It's, a, it's 1130. Yeah. yeah. But Remington, I also saw you were in the studio with like a little huddy last night. So yeah. again, I get, I just get nervous because you're not, <laughs> no, you're sort of nocturnal. I think you do your best work at Night, yeah, right? I just I I can't really function during sunlight hours, so. Well, it goes with the whole vampire theme that we're yeah, getting to. Yeah, a little bit of that, and also just it takes it takes a few hours for my brain to really turn on. That's true. Wait, we're, did you just say studio? Yeah. Already working last night. Oh. Mm. Oh yeah, but for we're already working on new stuff and new stuff and new stuff. But last night you were in the studio with Little Huddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can okay. we talk about that or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, we're just uh, collabing on a song together and. Uh, He's such a fucking sweet kid, and you know he just wants to make some fucking good rock music. And uh, we were just there, and we just blew his mind with some riffs and some fucking heavy screams and shit. And uh, 
Honestly, it's a great track, and uh, he's a fucking sweet kid. It's like Love Little Huddy Goes Screamo or something, right? A little bit. It's, it's <laughs> a li- we're we're kind of influencing a little bit of a heavier rock sound with him. Like, and Sebastian, I, we were talking, you were at the Harry Styles show. I, I exited the studio to go see Harry Styles. True. It was a good excuse. Very yeah. very timely, by the way. Me and Daniel were speaking about the, it's on, on the heels of the Grammy nomination. So yeah. how was the show? I heard you Fantastic. couldn't even you couldn't hear anything. People were but screaming. But didn't he so. get someone throw something at him again? I, I think the night before, someone threw Skittles in his eyes and, like they thought that he wasn't going to be able to see or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it's strange because the Harry Styles crowd, it's they don't like scream after. They scream the whole song. And then when the song's done, they have this chant that goes, ooh, 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 every song. And you're like, you will look around and he's like, is this a football game? It's the weirdest <laughs> thing of a bunch of 16-year-old girls just doing, uh, 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 uh. You can't like, hear the music. It's like the Beatles or something. Yeah, especially, I couldn't hear the loud. The screams were so loud. They were mostly hear. coming from me, but you know, it was crazy. <laughs> Did you see Ben Harper open for him? I didn't. I saw him. He went on stage. I got there late because I was in the studio with them. But it ben just Harper seems like great. an interesting pairing. It was interesting because when he they brought Ben Harper, he was like, oh, last he did the encore and he's like, oh, I want to bring my favorite person on that wrote a song on the record, Ben Harper. And it's such an interesting pairing, for, especially for the audience of Harry Styles fans, like especially One Direction fans. They probably definitely don't know who Ben Harper is. Right. But at least he's able to influence at least a different type of music versus being the obvious opener for him that would have probably been he's able to like curate things that he likes artistically which and he cool. was nominated also for a Grammy for a blues album so he couldn't get any different than that Jeez. well there's a lot to unpack here obviously the, I think we were just talking about it before you came in you guys have been on the show now like four times so yeah. thank you for not only being my great friend of course. but being like and we work together we so much. Yeah. <laughs> four time alumni I guess so a lot to get into the new record Fever Dream obviously we were just chatting about the record the sold out tour you just did a tour with Mod Sun and yeah. I, and a lot of dates with Youngblood that you just finished. And I believe that you just announced something like on your Instagram. It might have been today. I don't even know what it was. Like a mysterious 9 a.m., um, 5 a.m., yeah. 2 p.m. I, I don't know what that is. It's, what, what it's it, the weirdest thing. For I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it was for two years with the pandemic and making the record. There was no press. There was nothing on about the band. And then this month, it's like a new magazine cover like every three or four days so it's another magazine cover amazing yeah. by the way you like you guys look great we were just speaking about your suit sebastian the only time i've not seen you dress like this is potentially when you're jogging which i don't really see you jogging <laughs> but i hear that you don't wear this when you're no, jogging i wear a puma track suit <laughs> right. trying to get an endorsement <laughs> trying to take it from dua lipa but she earned it <laughs> obviously yeah but pretty much majority of the clothing comes from like our custom suit line or uh the cosmetic company you know like everything is pretty much uh, palais in some way we were joking next time we do this me and daniel will be like dressed up in three-piece suits yeah. we'll be wearing got hats it. it'll be a whole it's, we'll it's, it's all like, about the vibe we'll we'll little like monocles little canes <laughs> it's the step brothers thing when they walk in and they're wearing suits we're not gonna look <laughs> like the monopoly guys <laughs> it's oh, really yeah. cool if you do <laughs> well listen i just saw you all at the palladium it was a fantastic show i didn't get to see you after it's definitely the best show i've ever seen you perform ever and so congratulations it's funny, you left your house like 2015. You really never looked back. Yeah. You've been touring ever since. And I love the story of how you were like passing out flyers at the Wilter in yeah. 2015. I think maybe like, maybe it was the Arctic Monkeys. I'm not sure who you were passing out flyers yeah, in it front was, of. Well, well, Arctic Monkeys, we start- anyone, anyone we could really go to a concert and just pass out flyers for. We did it with when Lord was playing, Arctic Monkeys, Arcade Fire, we passed out flyers. Uh, any like any, any show any it was so it's been interesting really. to see our like trajectory and it's a nice stage 
staging that we can do in, in LA. It's we were passing out flyers at the El Rey and then the Fonda and the Wiltern and the Palladium. So it's now we've sold out all those venues going up. Palladium wasn't sold out, but it was definitely a full house and it was it was a nice show. But it's cool to see our we keep on climbing kind of like the ranks and to like it's a it's a cool thing to have because everywhere uh, everywhere else in Europe and stuff it will jump from 250 people to 4,000 people so it's like the jumps in Europe are insane but America it's like all right you go up another 200 people I mean, you people, got you got to so. work for it yeah so you know we're definitely uh, we're putting in the effort yeah. but uh, honestly it was just so cool we were like all on cloud nine because you know it's it's funny like I've seen so many shows at the Palladium and actually like we were there during soundcheck and seeing it with nobody in it during soundcheck I was like fuck this is a big room yeah. and then uh, and then it was just like it felt so good to go on that stage and just seeing the floor just covered with people and then like the balconies it was uh, it was a beautiful moment I'm really proud of us for doing that and the Palladium and next step is the sh- after Palladium it's the Shrine and then you're playing arenas yeah. so you're you're definitely trending in the right direction yeah. that's the way you want to go yeah. yeah Remington always wanted to do the Greek but then always the risk that you run into with the Greek is it's such uh, a quiet the venue <laughs> right. and we're such a loud band true. like that's our true. amps on stage would already be past the DB limit so but when you and I met, you were playing the Roxy. So yeah. it's great to see this yeah. meteoric rise and, and sort of been with you this whole time of watching yeah. you grow. And we were speaking a lot about what happened during the tour. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy what happened. I mean, your tour manager quit. You know, I believe the lighting guy quit like a day before the Palladium. Yeah. And you've always kind of been involved in the management. Yeah. So, I mean, Three talk to us. Three tour buses broke down. Yeah, like what, what the, the first hu- day, two, two are, we were finally we're like, we have two tour buses, one for the crew, one for the band. We're like, this is going to be magical. This is awesome. They didn't even, I woke up. I was going to fly to the first gig. It was 9 a.m. I get a call. Like, yeah, the bus hasn't left. I was like, what do you mean? You were supposed to leave 12 hours ago. Like, yeah, we're still at the rehearsal room. Both buses broke down. I, we packed up. I, I missed my flight, went there, got a U-Haul, packed up everything. We drove to Phoenix, got there, played 20 minutes before doors, got there and set up. And then, like, a week later, our tour manager quit. And then I tour managed the whole entire tour. So it's just the responsibility is just no matter what level we get to, I always feel like we're still touring in our mom's car. You know? It keeps you honest, right? I'm over it. I'm <laughs> over it. I just want to just enjoy like, playing music. I feel like we're the biggest fucking amateur band of all fucking time because everything that happens in our life, we're just like, this is such an amateur production. I'm like, we're fucking carrying lights on to stage ourselves. We're like, these guys were sleeping on merch boxes because our trailer broke. Like... I was like, this didn't we already pass this stage in our lives? <laughs> right. I was like, why the fuck are we still sleeping on merch boxes? <laughs> so it doesn't have the same romantic feel that it had years ago then. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well you, your mother you kinda used to manage the band like early on, right? Yeah, very, very early on. Mm-hmm. So you probably got that in a way from your family just growing up around I think your mom like was like, All right, you play piano, you play drum, right? You were all yeah. like yeah. trying to find your instrument early well, on. Yeah, she gave us piano lessons when we were super young as kids, which was great. And then we just kinda took the music to where we have been now. But I think it's luckily she was a, a rock and roll photographer, so she introduced us to like the collection was, you know, you Bowie and T Rex, but she was out on tour with like Stiv Baders and Johnny Thunders so like the rock history was you know the truest form you possibly can get so we we were basically getting the best schooling of music from day one so. I will I can definitely say our mothers were not on tour with Johnny Thunders I don't know about your mother Daniel but I can I know my mother was not she was not <laughs> it's interesting too and we were talking like right before COVID I heard the story you got in a fist fight 
right like there's something you guys were on mushrooms there was <laughs> at an austrian patrol like petrol station or something yeah. gasoline station for everyone else in the u.s but right there, what, tell me that story yeah, it sounded, uh, yeah so i know you so that seems <laughs> about right but that's a hundred percent accurate yeah. right so um yeah we were playing uh reading leeds fest and we were just going on five four four years of hard touring we just didn't stop and we were in a sprinter van and we were just all getting on each other's fucking nerves because we know, just, we just got to the bus stage we're like you know what it's three days we could do a sprinter it's fine we could do hotels in a sprinter and never then, go back <laughs> i was gonna say that doesn't sound promising no, at all you know, we, we did like we're like why are we, we had to go so close from, to each other you know from tokyo to australia and then to reading and leeds and yeah. so we were just not sleeping at all because so many flights and obviously we couldn't can't afford first class so we're like shoved between like three people and you're just like and then you get off the plane and have to immediately play a show so we're not sleeping we're fucking cranky and then i was like you know what shrooms will make us feel better (laughs) (laughs) i almost brought some today but i figured that would have been perfect this would have been like the first six hour podcast (laughs) (laughs) just talking about life um no, but we, we, so, have it, we have it filmed. So yeah, we do when, have it filmed. When we do our documentary. I got to release that. Oh, yeah. for sure. It's not the best fight you would imagine. I'm no, sure in their head it felt like... It felt so serious, and then looking back, it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> Remington did, though. Because the, the Emerson was like, okay, rules, you can't punch each other in the face. I was, oh, yeah. We're like, okay, fine. And then so I it's like saw Anchorman. his face. Then I saw his face, and I was like, I have to punch it. And then uh, it was it was probably the worst fight you've ever seen. It's gotten better though. I think that was probably the last fist fight we've been in. Yeah, it's been a, it's good. been a while. I was telling Daniel because he doesn't know the story about mm-hmm. how you guys used to literally punch each other in the face before you went on stage. Even on stage, on stage, like, like, right? Yeah. So. We would like sp- like uh, <laughs> our friend that lives with us uh, from Crown the Empire. His favorite story, like telling anyone that's like brand new to our circus, is like he, he was watching side stage once and like. We like spit on each other or whatever, and he always tries to talk to me during shows, and I have no idea what he's saying. And then so just go up and go. I'm like, what? And then like, because he looks angry when he's saying it. So then like, but sometimes he's actually saying, "You're doing a great job." And then I was like, "Why don't you go fuck yourself?" And then we just. I don't think it was that time, but like, I like spit at him, and I threw a drumstick, and then he kicked like half of my drums away. This is while we're playing. So what's the we're you know we at that point we were just plug and play like there was nothing else and the moment you lose the drum set and a guitar like uh when we're we're growing up we we were like chess players but we also did ice hockey so like we have this like strategic anger within us you know the canadian in you yeah (laughs) it sounds like a crazy hardcore show though the way you guys are described well the the shows i think due to where we were thrown into when we 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 went we got evicted and we got when we got signed we're like well what do we do and they're like well, you got no money. You guys should go work a job. And we're like, well, we're just gonna go tour then. Yeah, and so like, we just so we took any opening slot, yeah, and then we, that we resulted did not in like want to get any being job. one of five for like deathcore metal bands and playing you know? like in. You're literally paying playing for pizza and beer, and I think our guarantee was twenty five dollars. Wow, yeah. for so, like two years. For but two like years. that being around that environment and us just doing what we were doing, it kind of like formed and molded molded us into this like having to be a bit more aggressive on stage. Like I would destroy my drum kit. And, Remington and, will be 20 feet up from the rafters jumping in the that's crowd. That's kind of why I started going crazy on stage because you know, the first couple shows opening for like a bunch of death metal bands, you know, you can't get away with just Take it off your shirt and uh, it's a tough crowd. It's, it's a tough crowd. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it does not work for that crowd. And we so you still always to... looked like this. Like in, no matter where we've been in our lives, we are 
true to our individuality because that's all we know how to do like i don't know how to be i don't know how to dress different so like even going to open for like a death metal band it's like we're still gonna do what we do you know and i think that's a really important lesson that um we've kind of uh integrated into our fans identity where it's like no matter who you're with as long as you feel true to yourself that's all that matters in this world by the way what was the strangest bill you've ever been on Oh, there was a lot of weird ones. Was it like Tiffany and you and like Celtic Frost or something? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. We, we did play. Like we weren't on the same bill, but we did play the same night as uh, it was Mayhem yeah. and then Rotting Christ. Oof. And that was, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, so it was being around was, all those people. You didn't about. wear the makeup on that show, or maybe did you? Oh, yeah. You did. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's, it's weird because they're so, those bands are so intricate with like their basically art design from the album covers to their stage show and Emerson was you know so enamored because he does all the artwork and he walked up there and they had this massive backdrop that was really intricate and this like, band called Watain which is a death metal band and it was like early in our career so I didn't really know like tour etiquette where you can't just kind of like go on and walk around and like go on people's stage and shit and I did and there was this beautiful because I love drawing and stuff and there was this beautiful like renaissance looking backdrop and I go on the stage and I was like oh who, who drew this who did this art and it was like some Swedish guy goes get the fuck off my stage right I'll kill you and I was like fair enough by the way you don't want to mess around with mayhem if I remember correctly yeah. it's one of the Norwegian like black metal but yeah. they're not yeah. it's no joke over there those no, people no, are like no. killing each other it's yeah, not really no, uh, you don't want to mess the, around with the stage the movie? I did I did great, and I, that's what film. I mean you don't want to that's what inspired actually we were watching that movie on loop uh, for the bastards era which probably wasn't the best. But yeah, we were in the middle of we fucking middle. Joshua Tree, not a neighbor for a half a mile. You wow. know, and we were watching Lord, 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 Lord of Kings. Kings. Lords of Kings. We were yeah. watching, and then like the Hills Have Eyes. We were watching fucked up movies, <laughs> and then just um, and then we're like, oh, let's go fucking heavy, and then we made you know the Bastards, Bastards record, which I'm actually really proud of. Yeah, I yeah. Enjoyed that it's one. A, it's a I like parts of it. You know, <laughs> it was fun because like there's no fucking rules to this thing you know which is great you know sometimes you know we want to go heavier and sometimes we want to go more of a pop route you know if we have a country song in us we're, we're gonna fucking do that you know and i think that's like li- no i think line it up thing. was like a beautiful thing it was we were literally just playing while chris was pretty when we were doing the fever dream album chris was sitting at the computer doing his thing editing and we're just like can we just get on and i start playing like these cowboy chords right <laughs> cowboy goes, chords and yeah. him, what, what was the original uh, I, I, I can't remember but, it, but he was but singing in a country accent I was going full twang and then like when I was doing the recording Chris had to stop it during line up he's like okay you're doing the twang too much you gotta stop <laughs> and then LP came on the track and that was just like oh wow alright cool and I think that's the weirdest thing for our career it's never been like here's here's the silver plat- platter and like you're gonna be able to do whatever you want it's always been like you have to earn your every step of the way and I think it always keeps you hungry which is the good thing you know it's never like anything's solved out for you so when you do get those like accomplishments of like touring and doing our first arena shows in europe you just have such more of care and appreciation for it and having like lp coming on a track it's like it was huge and it's just rain but it was out of just us meeting one night getting fucked up played her the song she's like i want to be a part of it there's got to be more to the story than that no literally we're sitting at her house drinking wine i was playing her the song and she's like one of my favorite songs I've heard in a long time. She texted me the next day and she's like, can I please be on that track? 
By the way, you like, say you say it casually, but yeah. your friends of your house are like Post Malone's of your house, LPs yeah. of your house, you know, your Monaskins of your house. Yeah. Like you, you don't have we, me we, and Daniel of your house. It's <laughs> like you have like uh, literally. You're like, what are you doing tonight? I'm uh, well, I know, but I just mean like Post Malone's <laughs> over my house tonight. These are your friends that are literally Pussy Riot, right? I think yeah. Nadia's a great friend Nadia's of yours. On, she's on the yeah, one of her tracks. Yeah. She's so cool. I, love I, her. I, yeah. I just think it's because when people genuinely see us, it doesn't matter where we are on a status level of like success. They just realize that we're genuine musicians that give a shit about art. And then you end up meeting like-minded people like a postman that actually gives a shit about music. And then like Monoskin, they care about music and it's, they care about the arts and everything that surrounds it and being original. And, and also I think we're that's just, what we're pretty fun it. to party with. Yeah. yeah. That's true. I think when you reach a, a certain point of like touring for so long, you reach this point where you just like you want to hang out with people that will just like cut the bullshit and it's like it doesn't have to be this like facade it's just like we're yeah. all we're you all can, here just have you a can good just time relax you can just have fun it's not a social media photo shoot that yeah. you have to yeah. like oh we're with each other when you take a picture it's like no just, and you like and the great thing is like the funny thing is when we're like hanging out with all the people like the last thing that we talk about is like the fucking music industry. That's the yeah. fucking last thing we know. Like, why would you want? It's like talking about work. Why would you want yeah, to talk exactly. about work when you're hanging out with your friends? Yeah, exactly. it's like I can't tell you how many like like parties I've gone to where it's just only talking about music. I was like, yeah, dude, I, I live it every <laughs> fucking second of every day. I'm like, let's talk about fucking the the weather i don't give a fuck let's let's talk about costco prices this is great you know by the way i've been mean, talking about partying like i don't think i have been to a strip club in like 20 years since yeah. my like care metal days and i went with you yeah. and then we and we literally Which one i don't know it's a I weird game i forget that it's always these weird names but we got kicked out my fiance got us kicked <laughs> yeah, out in the first wait, wait, you, wait you got us you yeah, can't tell drop that out. story and without <laughs> getting kicked out and just not share it you haven't met his fiance <laughs> <laughs> she, she's very original i'll let sebastian <laughs> tell the story but but we walked in and she, she went no, she went to go buy lap dances for all the girls that were there and then she was in the room and then they're like you can't be here she's like but i paid like you know 500 bucks for like three dances for everybody but she didn't say it like that probably, no, she probably she said it like that, <laughs> and then they were like you need to get out of here and then one of her friends got on the stripper pole and i'm like all right this is me and scott are staying and they were like we're just which gonna. i don't think you could do i don't nah. think you're allowed to just randomly jump on stage yeah. <laughs> yeah. not it, that i've been in 20 years it but, was that uh, simpsons homer thing going through the hedges you're just like well let's talk about the new record obviously you had a lot of time to make this record and you were pretty prolific i mean during this time period during the pandemic you were there was you were doing like live shows yeah. you were still kind of finding a way to be pretty active mm -hmm. uh so talk to us about like how this came about and my favorite thing about this record is that you did it in like a haunted house or something right uh yeah, somewhat no, we, haunted we, mansion it the, was when the, uh, the it bastards, was my house and it was haunted yeah, yeah it was haunted yeah but the bastards album came out in 2020 and there was you know right in the middle of the pandemic, Black Lives Matter was happening that week. So there was like, the moment that record came out, we're like, we're not even talking about it. There's a lot more important things in the world happening. And then the next week we're like, well, let's make another album. And so we went to Malibu and we rented a beach house with our friend Chris. And you know, he's, he, that was the first album he produced by himself. And now he's gone on to doing the whole Youngblood record, Willow record, used Tumor record. Now he's too good for us, aren't you, Chris? <laughs> nah. He's but, like the fourth member. Nah, he he literally is. Is. Yeah. He's and that like was, our fucking best friend. He yeah. told he told us, he's like, all right, if you guys aren't cool, that was, we were really in a dark place of being, we couldn't be in the same room with one another. And he's like, if you're not cool with one another and like treat each other with respect, I'm not gonna make this record with you. So it really put us in our place, but it actually stuck. Now we actually enjoy being around one another. Yeah, And we just, spent literally Monday through Fridays every single day just working on the record writing not so much there, was, 
They have so much Postmates. There was just so, there was so much time we had, but also we were being very diligent, but also made the time of being when everyone felt like they were stuck. We were just creating. And we were hanging out with the same like 10, 15 people on the weekends. And it was like, all right, cool. We gained a lot of great friends, had a lot of great relationships. We're making the best album that we've ever made together that we all truly enjoy. And I think that's, that's since our first album, we haven't had it that we've all been on the same page that we're like, we're stoked about everything together. Yeah. So, no, was great, how great important time. was the vibe? And was it a, be- were you right on the beach or were you up in the hills? We were right, right on the beach. So, so how important was that to like the sunny disposition of what was it, to it, become in the writing process. It, it just felt like we were on vacation the whole time, and it also it was, was kind of like in a in a place of it being such a hard situation for the rest of the world. It was a much needed break for our careers. Bad it is to say, like we were able to at least be humans again, and it was like, all right, cool. We're not feeling any vibes. Let's go swim. And we had this thing called Sunset Swim. We just go mandatory swims. You had to wake up every morning, go boogie boarding, <laughs> have a shot. Yeah, it's very summer camp. It was great. It was. It was kind of. It was amazing. We spent like what two weeks at the beach, and um, we kind. Of, to be honest, I kind of forgot that the pandemic was happening. So I, I walked back out and tried to go into a grocery store, and I was like, "Where's your fucking mask?" I was like, "Oh my god, that's right. <laughs> it's the world is fucked right now." And then uh, we kind of like recorded the whole thing at our house. It was like right across the street from the Hollywood Bowl, um, and it was beautiful. I was definitely haunted. Like the original guy that lived there, because uh, it's in the Whitley Heights like historic thing. Um, so the first person that moved in there was uh, his name was Maurice Chapelier. It's like this Frank Sinatra like French singer. It's really cool, amazing. But he like massacred his wife in the in uh, the house. In the, in the house. house. Wow. Yeah. And then in the it's got to si- be some bad vibes in that house. Uh, I think I mean it's like weird. It's weird vibes. Weird. For sure. Like I, I do all this like Dracula dark kind of like uh, Chopin style piano stuff. I did this like side project called Alistair, which like um, is the soundtrack for our graphic novel. Um, so while I was recording and stuff. I I would hear this like uh, this man talking in the other room in my headphones and I would take it off and you didn't hear anything. So I think there was like certain frequencies. Was that Chris or was that just no, no, I, was, I, was, I, I was alone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think like as long as you, you create a good atmosphere and a good energy, you know, like ghosts won't fuck with you. Yeah, and you got, did you feel that vibe of, did oh, you, yeah. you, okay, so. Because okay, like uh, after this guy murdered his wife, um, there was another death in the house. It was like this actress that moved into the house in like the 60s and she OD'd in the house. See, I would not want to be in that house. I don't know about you, and, Daniel, but I, I don't feel no like I didn't know this. So, because like... we did research after, I was like, okay, so there was one. It night. wasn't us, even. It was people that were coming over to our house and they would like see these things and then they started researching and then they told us. They're like, yeah, about this. Th- there was one night that I just got so freaked out. So, I was walking downstairs just going to get some water. I was sober. So I was like, this is, I wasn't like seeing some crazy shit. Um, and so walk downstairs, just go get some water before I go to bed. And then like, I just see this woman in like a white dress, just going to the bathroom. And I'm just like, fucking run upstairs, start screaming to bloody hell. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then Andy's like, uh, my roommate, he like, he was like, dude, what's going on? I was like, dude, there's a lady in a white dress in the bathroom. And he goes, Dude, you're tripping out. I was like, no, no, I'm not. I swear to God. And then we both go downstairs to go walk. And then the light bulb in my chandelier just goes and then breaks. That wasn't the night you were on mushrooms, right? No. No. Called a Ghostbusters, man. (laughs) Right? So that was was terrifying. And then like two nights after, I I see like um, I'm like just sleeping. And then I keep hearing my roommate run up and down the stairs like crazy, just up and down. I'm like, what the 
fuck is this guy doing? And so I run to go fucking scream at him. And then I was like, no one was there. I go into his room. He's completely passed out. I was like, what the fuck? See, so, I just wouldn't. I would get out of there in two seconds. I don't think I would I'm hang glad, out I'm in the house. We, yeah, we, we moved. <laughs> yeah, we moved. Yeah, so. Okay. That's crazy. Well, let's talk about the tour for a moment. Obviously, you just got back. You know, it's interesting. I was I was talking uh, to Daniel about this. You know, when you're on stage, like I was at the Webster Hall show the other day, um, and literally I turned around behind me. I was on the balcony, and you were behind me. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I've never seen a singer that dynamic in my whole. I've seen a lot of singers that are climbing on, you know, scaffolding, but never like literally on the balcony behind me. I was like, where the fuck? How did this happen? You know, so just do, Lance Burton shit. Just yeah. Like, <laughs> do you ever get yourself in trouble? Do you, have oh, you all up and stuff and things happen i i get in trouble all the time from venues live nation has a problem does the tour manager get upset about it well i would that would be me (laughs) i know (laughs) no i don't care i I, i'm like go for it he actually has a letter from the uk government that they're they're uh, deeming me a threat to the people oh wow because uh apparently i'm like a safety hazard to we were banned from any live audience all O2s for a little bit. I think they're mm. now we're, we're fine now. Yeah, but. because we sell enough tickets, they're like, all right, we want you back. Um, You're banned for three minutes. Yeah. yeah. But like, yeah, I think when thing. he's doing his thing, if he's climbing on rafters or he's hanging off a balcony, usually leave the crazy guy alone. But like when things get... Yeah, we were at the Palladium and I was hanging over the balcony. <laughs> yeah. And the security guard starts shaking me. I was like, <laughs> Don't do the last thing you want to do <laughs> yeah. while someone's hanging over the balcony <laughs> is shake them. Yeah. Especially when there's just a group. I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, done this before because we were supposed to have someone clear it, but no one did. Um, but yeah, that's that's never been good. But I have not fallen, so fucking, you know, knock on wood on that one. But uh, it's, uh, I, you know, because I've always looked up to, to Eddie Vedder, like, and watching those old Pearl Jam videos. He's, he's a madman. And I, like, I remember watching those as a kid, and I was just like, oh my God, he's a fucking rock god. And like, you know, so I've always been inspired by him and like the you know the punk era and like I feel like there's not much of that in today's you know no. but in, in a artists. genuine way you know what I mean I think that's the well, yeah obviously where it's not forced I feel I, there's so much of performance that people go on and they think it's a spectacle and they have to do it because it's something that they need to do but when it's a genuine part of the performance and you're like all right that makes sense almost it's like the, that's what you know you respect when the band's good on stage but when you can bring a you can go home and listen to a record and if it sounds like the record great but once you start adding elements that you like, you go to the show because it's going to be different every single time. And it's not at this beat, Remington's going to do this thing. I'm, I don't, I'm always looking around I'm like, where is he? And you know, we, we don't, there's a lot of the songs we just can extend because he's gone for 10 minutes. He's you know inside I mean? the bass drum. But <laughs> 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 well, we grew up in an era, you know, the Guns N' Roses era. Yeah. I mean, we could literally geek out on like Use Your Illusion 1 and 2, the B-sides and whatever it may be. So <laughs> but when what, bands look like bands. So. Exactly. What, when you, what you described was what always was attractive to, about Pearl Jam to me is just the rawness, the yeah. energy, yeah. and the intensity. Yeah. And it's something that, the fans pick up on and they don't let go of it because they know that they're getting an honest real performance yeah yeah and that's why you know Pearl Jam is obviously the music is fucking phenomenal but you know they're still selling out multiple nights at stadiums every single night and they've been a band for what like 30-40 years the headliner tour that we were just on towards the end especially we would just start writing songs um, on stage like in between the songs that we were going to play and like we hit like a, a 
we were all like tapped into something in San Francisco. Yeah, we were the Fillmore in San Francisco, and that was one. That was like you know you can't be in that room and not just do something somewhat cool. Like yeah. you're, you're never like, going to be as cool as the history. <laughs> the that's Doors been there. is yeah, like you know? one of our favorite bands. So yeah. we, we listened to the Doors before and after and everything. And, um, I just looked at Andrew, our other guitar player, and I was like, "Give me some Pharaoh shit," and then we just kind of extended it for like four or five minutes or something, and it was amazing. And I don't. But think it's that moment. But it's that moment in time that's captured for those people and us. That that's it. Yeah, that's so what the moment. Is. We wrote and the song cool. just for that audience. I don't even remember it. And which is that cool. was just for them. You know. Well, how important we were talking about it for a minute, but how important is image to you all? I mean, I know that we were joking around about you wearing that suit when you're jogging, but we grew up in a time period, again, we were talking about Guns N' Roses, and obviously I know that you're heavily influenced by the Stones yeah. and Zeppelin and bands like that. So, And you look at a lot of bands these days, and they have zero image. I mean, there are yeah. so many bands, actually some bands that have been on this show that I couldn't tell you who the singer was unless yeah. I, you know, so... It's it's a real important part of it. one of the reasons I think we bond is because I love the fact that you're so image conscious yeah. and and you're a great band and I love your fashion sensibility. I, I I just we've always been about the art and the fashion and the music and I think it's it's so important because all those are so intertwined and you as an artist it's yes you we're lucky that Emerson could do all the artwork and everything and we can also style the band and we know how to do it but sometimes it's like people have to always look for that to be craft who they are as people and then there's no authenticness about it but i think it's like when i go and see a show the visuals you want to see a visual you want to like something needs to reel you in with the music or the music reels you in and then there's something that keeps you there and it's it's interesting because a lot of people are like i saw that band like scrolling and i saw it on instagram and they're like oh they looked cool and then i checked out the music and it made sense or they heard the song on the radio and then they, yeah, i think you know i think it, it all has also equal and it's so important i think that's tells the story of what you are as a band and it's like you wouldn't go see a movie if there was you're going to go see a period piece movie and they're dressed in hoodies it would just <laughs> wouldn't make sense yeah because <laughs> i feel like you know you kind of you know you surround yourself you know with your environment especially us growing up and that was our environment growing up in vegas you know not once did we see a vegas show where someone was wearing a t-shirt you know Every, it's so fucking theatrical there, and obviously that was my entire childhood. Is you, know, you go see a show, it's this fucking the, you know, the big costumes and like the crazy lights, and it's it's a whole thing to kind of escape your environment. So we we grew up with that, and uh, I feel like a lot of it just kind of sinked in, you know, unconsciously, you know. Because now you have like fashion covers coming out every yeah. month. So talk to me about how important those are for a band like this. Because now you have the music to back it up yeah. too. So. I think you know we, we we've always we've always wanted to do something you know for bands it's you go play concerts you do the thing and it's cool but I think for there's only a few bands that we we started doing fashion shows and playing on the runway while models are walking by and Remington's literally hanging there's a video kinda, of Remington hanging above I like, love obviously I love playing to screaming fans but I also love playing to just appalled people that have no <laughs> idea what the fuck they're watching it's that's almost as exciting to me as playing in front of just screaming people we did, when well, people are just like this. Yeah, when we did Fashion Week here and Remington literally was crawling on with, uh, he was wearing a dress on all these like housewives that were in the front, in the front row and their, their faces look like mortified and it's like kind of the coolest thing that you, and then after that they're like, that was the coolest thing because they don't know how to react, you know, and I think that's the fashion, the fashion world I think is just, it's and so everyone, outlandish. And everyone just takes themselves so seriously. So, so when I, when, so <laughs> when I like play these fashion shows, I just try to make the biggest fucking ass of myself because everyone's just sitting there we're just like 
<laughs> you know, just like sitting front row at fucking 10 p.m. with sunglasses on. You know, I, I it's actually right. daytime right now. There's actually light peeking in, so you're good. But tired. but especially L.A. fashion week, yeah. it's like the real housewives oh, are no, sitting front it. row and whoever, right? It's yeah, interesting. And just so, yeah, everyone takes themselves so fucking. But I I, I think so also funny. going to the fashion part of it, it's we've now realized, you know, as as the fan base has grown. We've and Emerson's been so good about curating and making like you know taking staples that we do and making our own fashion lines and stuff. Walking into a room of people wearing like your band T-shirts is cool, but when you walk into a room and everyone's styled into like what you've created into this world, it's like one of the coolest things that you've created this this generational like the difference. Em- the environment around um, the venue before the doors open. Like, you know it's a palais show. You yeah. Know? They have the makeup. They have, like, all the, the scarves. And yeah, it's, like, it's so cool. Like, you'll, you'll, you'll know when you see our audience just, like, when if you, like, go down the street and, like, see a, a line for the Grateful Dead. Like, you'll know you're at a Grateful <laughs> Dead yeah. show, you know. Or my chem. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And that they were one of the only few that have done that in the past 20 years, you know. So that was, that. you know, that's always been something that we've always been so heavily on because it was obviously the 70s bands were all and they were on their different, their different wavelengths. But I feel like there's only been a few bands every decade that have done something on the theatrics. And we love the theatric part of rock and roll. So. And like we, we've been planning kind of um, this traveling festival circus type event that it will encompass like everything that is the Palais world and it's like a fully themed uh, environment almost like a goth Disneyland or something. Like if that. you need a juggler, I'm there. Perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, not really. If you, if you want to, just going back a little bit, you know, I know that you actually, I think Carl Barat actually opened for you this yeah, last tour, which is like your dream because you love the Libertines, idol. right? My, I, my, look at that smile right <laughs> yeah, now. You can't so, even hide it. I, I don't get this happy. It was like, I think all of our favorite tour we've ever been on, it was like two weeks of just the craziest. Yeah, so, no, Carl, we, we, we just flew in from Denver we landed and yeah. we we landed at 5 p.m. you know of course we have a show in Denver one night we had to fly to Glasgow play a show the next night I'm like this makes no sense but fine we're gonna do it we show we get to the venue Carl pulls up and he's in his dressing room I'm like I'm gonna go say hi like, guys let's go <laughs> knock on the door I'm like hey we're so happy you're here thank you thank you he's like yeah of course all right cool that's so cool we met up and like two seconds later he comes banging on the door he's like boys let's do a fucking shot let's go let's go and then I'm like Okay, cool. And we just, it was a party for a week straight. Just him standing side stage with a bottle pouring us shots. I'm like, my hero literally is standing side stage watching every single show, asking about every song we have, like listening to demos. Know, like, it, was, it was so crazy. And just like even like backstage after the show, we were just like, just he'd just be sitting with an acoustic guitar and we'd just be cover, covering just Beatles songs, just, you know, just jamming and just having some wine and just like having some drinks and just just like singing songs with each other it was, it was fucking it was uh, I think magical. before um, our European tour starts in January we're gonna go they have a hotel called the Albion Rooms um, we're gonna the Libertines have their own hotel yeah. in yeah. Margate in Margate yeah. and then uh, I think we're, they have an incredible studio there and we're gonna go and write some songs with them hang amazing out and, yeah. does, does Pete hang around there yeah, yeah so Pete actually Pete and Carl Carl knows how much like the Libertines have meant so much to me as as you know as a kid and growing up and everything. So on my birthday, I was so fucked up, and he's like Facetimes me. I'm like, oh cool, Carl's Facetiming me. Happy birthday! And he's like sitting there with Pete. He's like, hey mate, we just listened to the whole record. It's fucking sick. Like we love love you guys. Can't wait to see. I'm like, 
this isn't real. <laughs> I hope you recorded that. Oh, yeah. My, it was funny. My mom was, like, over refilming. I'm like, this is the sickest thing. And he's so drunk. He's like, one of his eyes twitches. like, I thank you so much. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I do, so you just toured with Youngblood. So I yeah. had that going. And Mod Sun, too. It, it's interesting. It's like, so doing the tour with Carl literally, like, a week after the Youngblood tour. And obviously, because the pandemic's been such a heavy thing. And for the Youngblood tour, it was like... If you're not wearing a mask and you're and especially in America, 50 feet away, like it you was, couldn't even look at them if you weren't wearing a mask. It was the weirdest thing. So there's no hanging out. There was no like actual communication. The guitar player were really good friends. We couldn't even see each other. We had to like secretly like run away to like <laughs> hang out with us. And he's like, "Don't it, tell anyone I'm here." But the, I mean, the the restrictions on the American tour because it was the first tour in America, yeah. like mm. right back, right there. back. So the restrictions were crazy. And obviously, if anyone backstage sick. got sick. It's two weeks off, and, and so so much money. It's uh, it was like such an incredible tour because we we love Dom so much. The and fans, the fans that were like that. If any tour for us to open up for, that makes sense. It's like we should just continue to grow our own community of our world and continue to make the shows a pally experience. Because doing a tour like Dom's tour was awesome because it's like-minded fans that just want to discover new music yeah and it's like if we went on a mono skin tour it'd be the same thing and then you know we went and did the corn tour and you just have a bunch of people just being like yeah because you know corn <laughs> fans aren't really there to discover a new act they're right. listening to they they're, they're listen to corn you know yeah. i get it true but it was but it's so crazy to then you see going on tour with corn and seeing how a band can be in their 50s and Monkey and Head are still going fucking it's, shit. It's, it's fucking insane. Cra- Jonathan's voice is fucking insane, and they're going so fucking hard. Yeah. They're like one of the greatest fucking live bands. It's insane. And I'm sure you get along so well with all these bands. It's interesting because I heard there was, there was maybe like a little beef with like Ronnie Rodkey, but like <laughs> every band I know, you're the nicest guy. So yeah. I can't imagine you not getting along yeah. with any band. But you did I have a little, so a little something with him, right? Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was like... <laughs> it was a, it's so he's gonna he's gonna use this and pick it right back up. Right a, I think there should be like a boxing match. That could be cool. good. No, my my whole thing was our mu- we did a music video for Tanzania and I he had another music video come out like four months later and it was the same location, same concept, same everything. And I was like, oh, shit, guess what? It fucking happens. It happens. It's L.A. There's only so <laughs> many fucking that's, that's locations honestly, to choose from. Why so we, we stopped filming in L.A. Like we we just film in like Prague and Budapest and stuff like that because like every location here is in every person's video. That's it's true. just it's constantly it's, just recycled. It's recycled. Um, so gotta find new places. And then it's big so, city. And then so. Sebastian said like a fucking like a cheeky tweet to fucking Ronnie and then Uh he got so mad and then we're just like obviously this guy is so serious but we were just I was, we was we were just having just so big, much fun I, with I, it. I was, I was like, I said, I was like, all right, why don't we do it? Because it was during COVID, so you couldn't meet up or anything. I was like, why don't we do a rock, paper, scissors live stream? Whoever <laughs> wins gets to keep the video up. Whoever loses has to take their video down. And it just and he just kept getting madder and madder. And we're just like, dude, does I'm he not, not I'm know that we're kidding. just joking? I, I was like, does he not understand? I don't understand joke? how anyone could take a rock, paper, scissors game <laughs> as not a joke. He's exactly. a serious guy. He's a serious, he's a, he's a very serious Even guy. so, it's like, you know, it's rock, paper, scissors. It's exactly. not like we're playing blackjack or yeah. poker or something. But Emerson always says, he's like, yeah, you two will probably be in a room and be like best friends. I feel like they secretly love each other. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Well, speaking of videos, I think around the time this drops, Oblivion should be coming out. Yes. So yeah. let's talk about that video and also the tour dates that are just getting announced because yeah. you do have some shows coming up too, right? Yeah, yeah the Oblivion video is w one of my favorites. It's incredible. We've ever done. I have seen it, truth be told. I, I have to too. confess. It's, it's all shot amazing. in uh, black and white uh, in Prague, St. Charles Bridge and the castle and stuff. We kind of used Prague as like the backdrop for this album because um, like to us it's like the one of the very few places on this earth that feels like a fully encompassed Palera world um, but yeah that, that video is is one of my favorites we've yeah, ever done shout out to Ava she yeah. did so fucking phenomenal it's, it's amazing though seeing the work ethic of when you go to Europe and you work with people there and it was just everyone's happy on set everyone's down to I work. was miserable <laughs> I was so fucking sick well it was like three months of tour and it was three months of tour and then also like it started I, snowing. Started snowing. Outside. I was completely <laughs> sick. I was rocking like a hundred three fever. Wow. And then also like, for some reason, I just couldn't move my body in the morning. I was just like, guys, and I started like crying. I'm like, I can't move my fucking body. And then they're like, you really have no choice, but we really have to do the video. I was like, you guys are the fucking worst. <laughs> but, well, it uh, came out amazing, by yeah. the way. Yeah. I don't think people know how difficult it is to tour, and we were just talking about the fact that, as you said, the tour manager quit, and, and Remington, I was a bit concerned, because how's your mental health these days? I was concerned during the tour, I know it was hard. It was, so. it was a fucking, it was really fucking rough. It was just no sleeping, and then obviously just like, just constantly, you know, just going meet and greet, you know, VIP, doing the show, trying to meet kids after the show, not really knowing where you're gonna sleep that night because the bus is so fucked. You can't really check into a hotel until like super fucking late. We finish our day at like probably two o'clock in the morning. I get at the hotel like 2.30. I then maybe get two hours of sleep maximum before I have to get on a flight to the next city. And then it was just like, it was so draining. I'm just, I just fucking, it was it was definitely it's the already it's tour. already hard not knowing that you have a, you don't have a sense of home like when you're on the road but when you have a tour bus you're like I right, cool I have my bunk everything's kind of the same routine you wake up you get to the venue we definitely but when it's like you're showing up to the venue you're like where's our bus oh yeah it's still 400 miles away okay where's the gear well we don't know okay uh, let's rent a car let's do this and you're flying we 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 did 18 flights in 16 days wow. like I was just and then that would be um, my worst nightmare someone it's, it's someone from our crew had strep throat and they were God, in the same said. room as my suitcase and kind of was like coughing on my clothes Ugh. and so never good I get, get strep throat I get strep week. throat and so the only way I can actually sing because my voice was completely gone because of the strep was I had to get shots every other Stereo day shots. and like my shoulder and my fucking ass just to get like fucking like cortisone shots just to like take down some inflammation just so I can get some notes out so I was like fucking dying I was, it was sick it was definitely it was a test crazy. Uh, to see how much we wanted to still do this and you know for us it's like the last thing that we would ever want to do is like let down our fans or cancel a show and i think we've maybe canceled two shows in our entire career or something yeah. like that yeah i saw that and i was concerned i was with you in europe when you got sick so i, yeah. I remember that and all but i'm glad you're better I mean, you seem great now and so the tour is coming up yeah. it's funny you at, i think at the palladium you started out by uh, no love in la You're like this is not directed towards your you know this audience because yeah. we love you la yeah but uh yeah. you love the the la fans and Let's talk a little bit about the tour coming up. Yeah, we're we're doing Mexico City. We have two shows. One sold out in I like keep ten hours. About that, yeah, we're leaving like week. Uh, but yeah, Mexico City sold out in like ten hours. And we're like, sick. Let's add a second night. Sold out. I'm like, sick. This is awesome. Europe, we're doing like 
Lithuania, Romania, Czech Republic, like Istanbul, literally twenty six. We're doing so twenty six like uh, countries in Europe from January through April, basically, or end of March or whatever, mm. and it's half the tour is sold out and it's like some of these places we've never been and it's like 4,000 caps on our first time being there I'm like the European crowd has been so good to us and like yeah. the UK in London we went from like 250 to 1500 2000 3500 now to 5000 I'm like it's crazy because you're like alright cool let's keep on going up and in anything in life you're like oh, okay there yeah, has to be a plateau but it just keeps on going I'm like yeah we keep looking just at each connecting. other we're like this, this is way too big we can't we can't this is such a gamble we cannot fucking play this venue and then they're like i was like what, what are the tickets at they're like you're at 85 percent sold out i was like oh my god it's it, i'm like america was we a really lot, keep a lot faking it until difficult. we make it over there and it somehow keeps working so it's fucking mind-blowing i fucking love europe i love the uk you guys fucking you guys really understand us america I Got a little bit to go. <laughs> well, I'm manifesting, but for the forum show that will happen one day, yes. I'm bringing Daniel to that show Fantastic. for sure. Fantastic. So, Fever Dream, just out. Check nice. out the record. Check out the tour. I'm excited to, that you're in town. I can hang out with you now a little bit. I, yeah. I feel like I'm actually I'm seeing you right after this too. So, Daniel, this was show. fun. We have to yeah, do it was this a again. Blast. Uh, good hangs is. Uh, as the as the year rolls down, I'm sure you guys are going to be on some good year end lists as well. I mean, you guys made a great record. And Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. It's a lot more. You guys have a lot more music in you, and it's exciting to hear what comes next. Yeah, I've already finished pretty much a little bit of the next record. There you go. <laughs> and me and Daniel will be wearing makeup and three piece suits next. I cannot so. wait. <laughs> yeah, but the out. thing you don't forget, you got to get a new tour manager. I yeah. know. The, we're we're trying out one guy in Europe or when we're in Mexico City to see if he's for Europe. So. He was the tour manager for the. Liberty. You don't you don't want to do that again. I can't. So. I just want to enjoy music. And enjoy like not. I want to sleep for one. No, but months, if but we have the guy that tour manages, like the liberty secretly likes the stress though. <laughs> Sebastian loves oh, when he's stressed out. Yeah, he's yeah, like, oh, one of those. God, yeah. I hate this. Yeah, he does. <laughs> All right, well, guys, always a pleasure to see you. Thank Thanks you for coming in. Guy. As always, the fifth time you come in, you'll be playing the forum. I like that. All right, I thanks like guys. That. Always We're great be headlining the forum. Headlining the forum. Well, that was awesome. The brothers in Palo Royale, myself and Daniel Cohen. Always a fun time. If you like the show, please make sure to rate and review the show. We'll see you soon. We have a lot of exciting guests coming up. Have a great holiday and see you next time. Hey, howdy do, y'all. I'm Uncle Drank, star of the ballad of Uncle Drank. It is a scripted musical podcast about the life and times of me, fictional golf and Western country music pioneer, Uncle Drank. The series also stars Luke Wilson, Brian Kelly, Chelsea Lynn, Kinky Friedman, and Billy Zane as a talking blender named Blendy. You can find The Ballad of Uncle Drank on Sirius XM, Pandora, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.